Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of True Crime Time, episode 27, to be exact. Uh, it's been a minute. Here I am again. Life gets crazy. You know how it is. Um, but today, I have a very special returning guest who is my mom's most favorite. So <laughs> it's Lou. He's already laughing. I see him. Lou rail of big bucket of chicken of the Luniverse of what else tell us what else you're from for the kids wow i mean big bucket of chicken is 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 dead we don't have to bring that up but thank you for remembering <laughs> um uh i don't know i'm not really creating any any things anymore i'm i'm investing all my time and money in in uh in alcohol and uh it's going great <laughs> Uh, no regrets. I almost just spit my drink out. Wow, thank you for that. There you go. And speaking of alcohol, are you drinking anything interesting tonight? No, I had a beer earlier. I bought some local beer. It's called White Zombie, actually. I like that. Is that a Rob Zombie ripoff? Is he going to sue? I really don't think it is a, a, a any kind of ripoff. I think it's just like it's a white ale, and the can is purple. And it has spices. There's no other reference to like anything else on the can other than it's called White Zombie. I mean, maybe okay. they're horror fans and just like him, they named their beer after the, the original like zombie movie, but tastes maybe. like tastes like beer. Tastes like zombies. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just <laughs> taste of rotting flesh, which is a little a little much. Oh wow, that's a great intro. <laughs> I actually um not that anyone cares, but I'm just going to tell you, I'm drinking my, I think, vanilla mint Baileys, showing it to Lou via camera. Um, I think I poured too much. I might be bombed by the end of this. It's very high percent alcohol. I don't know what's going to happen. So hopefully- Is that leftover from, from uh, St. Patty's? It is. It is. Um, yeah. It's like 17% alcohol or something. And I For just- yeah, yeah, one of those, that's a lot. Well, yeah, I'm saying. And I'm not, like, chugging it or anything, but stay tuned. I might descend into madness. Join me. Are you going to, like, force me to go get, get an alcoholic beverage? I, hold on. Hold on. It's goddamn I'm second. not forcing you to do anything, but... Actually, this is kind of cool. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. I love this. I have wireless headphones on. <laughs> I can just, like, walk around, go okay. lay in my bed. I can lay, literally lay in my bed under the covers and do this podcast this is technology is just i love it anyway so yeah I that, love that's the new <laughs> i know the oh. listeners can't see it but this is a uh i think it's called catawba brewing i i've been every like once a month i get like a local i'm in north carolina by the way so i get local stuff white zombie white ale there is wow. a zombie on the front it does like the that. can looks cool but it's not like you know I don't want to eat up all your podcast time. You know when you get this like is, Frankenberry, the, the new booze and, segment. Yeah, we don't booze, have time to talk about Frankenberry. Come no, on, that's Halloween cereal. So it's a zombie beer. It's purple. Yes. You would think like there'd be like a little like a little synapsis on the can. Like if you pour this in your cereal, the cereal turns purple. It tastes like grape or whatever, strawberry or whatever. It's just white white ale. It's just a white ale. Dear listeners, please don't pour beer into your cereal. That's not. We're not going to do that. But yeah, so this is this is True Crime Time's new alcohol segment. That is probably <laughs> just a one-time deal. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what happens. 
I almost just started cursing immediately. We can warm up to that. We don't have to go right off the bat. Um, but today, we're not just going to bore you with talk about alcohol that you can drink. We're actually going to talk about um, true crime. Imagine. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Um, today, we're going to talk about Lizzie Borden. Everyone's probably heard that old that old rhyme, right? Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. I have heard that since elementary school, which is a really creepy thing to hear a bunch <laughs> of kids like chanting on the playground, right? That's <laughs> not like teachers probably were a little like, hey, uh, maybe don't do that. And then they had scary dreams about Chucky and the children of the corn. But anyway, is the rhyme based in any truth, though? What really happened? So that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, and we have to start, as we usually do at the beginning. So Lizzie Andrew Borden, that is her name, she was born on July 19th, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts. Her parents were Sarah and Andrew, that's her middle name, and she had a sister, Emma. So her father was fairly affluent. He was... Uh, first selling furniture which included caskets so i have questions like casket furniture or just like a separate casket venture not sure right casket, <laughs> don't know. casket accoutrement i've actually seen on facebook marketplace someone made a casket into a couch like they cut it out right that's not that's not a bad idea I mean, I think it's a great idea, personally. Turning but... your couch into a casket, now that's a whole other, that's another <laughs> Yeah, that's not, I feel like we'll probably talk about people on the podcast at some point who have done similar things to that, but <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not what you want. So he also owned a bunch of mills and stuff later on. So they're doing pretty okay financially. Her mom, Sarah, unfortunately passes away when she's about three years old, so Andrew is left to raise his daughters. Uh, it's interesting to note that despite her dad having money, their home did not have indoor plumbing, which was a thing at the time, but really only the wealthy could afford. But he was just like, no, the outhouse is good enough for us. We don't need any of that fancy schmancy crap. Um it's also been said that Lizzie and Emma had a pretty religious upbringing, and Lizzie in particular was very involved with the church as she got older, teaching Sunday school and being involved with various other churchy-type things. Um, so Andrew Borden remarries about three years after Lizzie's mom passes. His second wife's name is Abby, and she will be important to our tale. Um, Lizzie actually said that she called her stepmom Mrs. Borden, and it seems like they did not super get along. That's got to be kind of a drag, right? Like someone's living in your house and you're like, yes, Mrs. Borden. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. That's um, definitely like foreshadowing for your own murder. <laughs> calling your stepmom Mrs. Whatever. It's like, I'm going to kill you as soon as I can. Yeah. 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 Uh, she did feel that her stepmom was a gold digger. She was not about it. Um, the Bordens also did have a live-in maid who they called Maggie, but her name was actually Bridget, which is not an obvious nickname. Um, I wonder, I, it's not relevant, but did she come in and say, hey, my name is this? And they're like, well, that's nice, but we're going to call you this? Like, I don't, we don't know. Yeah, you're you're poor. We're going to call you whatever it is we want to. We're going to call you anything. You belong to us now. Um, 
she would also later testify that the Borden girls did not even have dinner with their parents. So just to kind of further paint a picture of what life in the house was like, there seems to be kind of a clear divide um, going on. But by the summer of 1892, things were apparently getting tense, like very tense. In the Borden residence, Andrew had gone on a random pigeon killing spree. It was said that Lizzie had built a roost for them or kind of like a habitat. Um, And he was not with it because the neighborhood kids were coming to hunt them. So he just went in, in there and took them out, which seems like a slightly disproportionate response. Maybe you put up a fence. Maybe you put up a sign. Maybe you yell at them. Like, you don't have to go do that, in my opinion. Um, and there, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, there, there are different accounts that Lizzie was upset about this or she wasn't upset about this. And that could be relevant or not to what we're getting into. We don't know. I personally would have been very upset. I loved some winged rats, you know, filthy pigeons. They deserve to live. Um, but apparently in July of that year, there was a huge family argument, unsure about what, maybe pigeons, unclear. Um, but that actually leads to the girls, Lizzie and Emma, taking a, quote, extended vacation. That's how it was written, in quotes, um, in New Bedford. But I had questions when I read that. What is that? What is an extended vacation? Is it like the mental hospital? Is it Hmm. staying with relatives? Is it like it's something strange, right? Otherwise, why would it have have been worded with quotes? Is there no nothing further? Because, yeah, that's what I would think. I mean, I would think one of those things or they just they were adults i mean they 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 just went you know what i mean like they just left their house or whatever like i mean are they adults at this point yes maybe that's kind of what they were telling the neighbors and like polite society like we're taking an extended vacation but it was just them being like this place is terrible we're gonna go to the jersey shore like i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah i mean look (laughs) like in my head and i again this is apropos of nothing you're saying and nothing that i've read it's Massachusetts. I understand it's the late 1800s, but in my head that everyone is talking like it's the, the town or like, you know, like uh, any Boston movie in the past 20, like that's what I hear. It's like, you know, like they're not like, well, father, Mrs. Like, ah, go fuck yourself. Go fuck you. <laughs> it's like Ben Affleck and like that type of movie. And I know that's not what's happening, but Massachusetts, <laughs> like, I mean, that's just what's in my head. That's all I'm the dialogue is like it's almost like drunk history for me. Like I'm just I can I can see it. And I would actually love a drunk history episode of this. Maybe that is what we are actually doing and we don't even know it as we continue to have drinks during this episode. Maybe this are is you, drunk history right now. Yeah, you, you keep reading and I'm gonna chug this beer. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. We're fine, everyone. Don't be concerned. Um, so the girls come back to town, but even then, Lizzie was not ready to go home, and she stayed in a rooming house with strangers. Well, maybe not strangers, because it's her town. But for four days before she finally goes home. So something went down in that house, certainly. Um, so there was also the issue of Andrew, their dad, gifting real estate to members of Abby's family. Finally, after their stepmom's sister received a house, they were like, okay, it's our turn. Give us a rental property. So he sold it to them for $1. What is $1 in that time? I would like to know. Is it like $500 today? 
No, I mean, maybe that was just like something they do like on paper just to like make it like a legal document, but just like he's basically giving them something to shut them up. Because also, and and again, this is just like little sprinkled in details. So yes, they're wealthy for the time. They didn't have indoor plumbing because he was cheap. I'm assuming that's what the down yes. or just didn't want to, you know, I'm, I'm assuming back then it might've been like, yeah, we can give you indoor plumbing if to rip every wall up in your house. And he was like, I'm not doing that. So that could be it too. But also, so think about like the, just a gap of wealth from then to now. So yeah. you having, let's say they had, and I mean, $150,000 in the late 1860s. A lot of this stuff just sounds like rich kids doing rich kid crap. Like, oh yeah, I'm mad at my mom and dad. I'm going to go to, you said, to the shore. <laughs> or And then you come home and you're like, I'm not going home yet. I'm going to stay at a boarding house for four days. Meanwhile, everyone else in the town is like shoveling coal and like, you know, like, like chasing after a small animal to eat. Like, I'm sure it wasn't poverty, but <laughs> think about 1860s. Like, you know, I don't like the fact that indoor plumbing was, it was, that was like for you to put in your house now, like touchscreen walls or something like that. Like it was, it was, that was advanced. People were pooping. Yeah. Everything smelled back then. That's how I think about it. everything. Everything. Just- Everything smelled, but it's funny you brought up um, 150,000 because, and I do have this, and I guess we could like do the math backwards, but I'm not interested in in doing that. But a month later, they sold the property back to him for five thousand dollars, which was 150,000 dollars in today's money. Yeah. So they made a really good deal, and they said, "Now take it back. We got a bunch of money. We don't care anymore." Which reminds me of the Saperstein brother and sister from parks and rec <laughs> bratty John mm-hmm. yes exactly and, um, exactly i mean it, it, it Mona is Lisa. Ex- yeah yes. it is exactly that this is people knew how to move people with money knew how to move money so a lot of these these behavior granted that him, him killing all those uh uh birds bats whatever that would birds. piss me off for, but so let's say something like that happened to you what do you do you just go to your room or the backyard like you have no money it's 1878 or 90 you don't need money you just you just go back to farming or like being dirty they can just go somewhere and just well, do I, some shit. I personally would go get more pigeons that's just me <laughs> <laughs> i would go and collect collect the pigeons um but in early august the girl's uncle that's their deceased mom's brother uncle john he paid a visit to the house and he was invited to stay a few days to go over some business matters, which sounds very fancy and that I should have a monocle when I say it. Um, and that may have been tense as well because it was about property transfers and things like that. It seems like this house always just had kind of a super intense energy <laughs> going on. There's a lot of drama. And it's also been said that around this time, the entire house came down with food poisoning or something of the like. But the stepmom thought it might have actually been poison as her husband was not a very well-liked guy in the community or apparently his own home. Um, And that brings us to August 4th. That's still 1892. For those of you who are keeping track, uh, the whole gang has breakfast that morning. That's Abby, Lizzie, Andrew, Uncle John, Maggie slash Bridget, the maid. Uh, John and Andrew talk for a while. John the uncle, then leaves to buy oxen for the Oregon Trail. Just kidding. Um, I don't know, just to have them or like, I don't know, pet them or make them work and pull things. Yeah, um, yeah buying oxen back then was like buying like a railroad now. Like that was how, he was, like that's what it was. That's what it was. 
like if you own horses back then, like yeah. everyone owned horses back then, but nobody owned cars. If you had a car, you're like a zillionaire. So back then, right. oxen was money. You know, how do you think you get a hoe the fields and whatever they did? I don't know. What, they did. what did you call me? I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hold, hold the fields. Hashtag hold the fields. Hashtag hoe the fields. That's going to be our takeaway from this episode. Um, so while he was buying his oxen, he was also going to visit a different niece. Or maybe Emma, it didn't specify, but Emma was in the house. So let's rule that out. Let's say it was a different niece. It's estimated he leaves around 848. Andrew, the dad, leaves the home about 9 a.m. for a nice little morning stroll. Normally, Emma and Lizzie were tasked with the cleaning of the guest room and such. But on this day, for some reason, Abby, the stepmom, went to do it. This was between 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. At some point um, in the room, Abby came face-to-face with her soon-to-be murderer. And according to the investigation, she was then struck in the side of the head with a hatchet. That, uh, that blow would have landed above her ear. And that caused her to then turn and fall on the floor. So now she's face down. She suffered some injuries to her nose and forehead from the fall. And then she was struck 17 more times on the back of the head. So that's a bit of overkill, certainly, by any standard. Um, Next, Andrew comes home about 1030, which would either be shortly after or just after Abby was killed. His key did not work for some reason, and he knocked. Um, The maid goes to open the door, but it's jammed. So she curses, and she testified to this, and she said later she believed that she heard Lizzie laugh at this moment. She said it sounded like it came from the uh, the top of the stairs. Why is this relevant? Because with the layout of the home and because the door would have been open upstairs, it is said that anyone who would have been on the second floor would have been able to see Abby's body because that's where the guest room was. It was right upstairs. Um, Lizzie would deny that she was on the second floor and said that a messenger had come and given Abby a note to go visit a sick friend, which seems a bit suspicious because she didn't go to visit anyone. She was murdered while changing the sheets, essentially. So um, back to Andrew. Maggie Bridget, the maid, claimed that she helped him to take his boots off and put slippers on when he came back and then laid down for a nap. I get that. We all like a nap all the time, anytime, post-walk especially. But this is interesting because the crime scene photos do show him wearing his boots still. So that's not true. Lizzie is informed um, in all this or prior to all this that there is a sale at a local department store and decides to check it out because who doesn't love a good sale? She invited maggie to come but maggie had said she wasn't feeling great and decided to lay down so maggie is in her room and hears lizzie screaming about 11 10 a.m saying you know she'd probably come back at that point she said maggie come quick father's dead somebody came in and killed him interesting statement also andrew was found on the couch he had been struck 10 or 11 times with a hatchet like tool as well it seems like he had still been sleeping when he was murdered And he was still bleeding at the time he was found. So that indicates it probably happened super recently. It's estimated, yeah, his death had occurred about 11 a.m. So it's a very busy morning for someone at the Borden house. Someone's very busy that day. Um, The investigation begins. Lizzie is, of course, questioned. 
Her answers to the police were constantly changing. First, she said she heard groaning or like a scraping sound before she entered the house after returning from shopping. Later the same day, she said she hadn't heard a thing and didn't know anything was wrong when she came home. A lot of the officers who had interviewed her would also say they didn't like her attitude. She was too composed and calm. We now know today that people deal with traumatic situations in a variety of ways, so that doesn't necessarily indicate guilt, but for the time and her being a lady, they probably expected her to be, you know, fainting and hysterical. Mm-hmm. But who could blame her if she was anyway? But just, you know, for the time um, and being female, you know, all that. But nobody checked Lizzie's clothes or hands or anything for blood. They found her suspicious, but were kind of just like, well, that's weird, but okay. Yeah. So, so long. Um, they did search the basement. They found some interesting things down there. They found two axes, two hatchets, a hatchet head with a broken handle. This item was of particular interest because the broken handle appeared to be fresh. And to me, I was like, well, how could you really determine that? But they said there was dust and ash on the hatchet part, but it looked like it had kind of been put there um, because it. they wanted to make it seem like it had been sitting around the basement. So I guess someone was like rubbing dust on it or something. Um from the old gross basement. And interestingly, none of these potential murder weapons were removed from the house or treated like evidence in any way. They just looked around and they were like, cool, make a note, see you later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I and mean, that's, that's like the forensics back then. It's like, hey, look, these guys were killed with axes and here's five axes. Hmm, interesting. Now back to my hunch. And yep. then go back to like the Back Mulaney, to the John Mulaney. That's right. Perfect, perfect example of like, yeah, you know, there's, there's axes with blood. It's like, no, 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 let's go back upstairs. I heard a squeaking thing and I got to go check yeah. that out. Like, that's what happens. Like, it's crazy. So, Andrew and Abby Borden's stomachs were also tested for poison because of the incident where they were all sick just prior to their deaths, but none was found. You did bring up an interesting point about this the other day. How was that tested back in the day? Did they just like, what did you, what did you say? Did they just like do a smell test? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I know there was, they weren't like you know completely idiotic back then, especially doctors and you know especially the doctors. See, back then, I'm assuming if the cops had an investigation, there wasn't like a patho- you know the pathologist. There was just the doctor of the town, and he had however many years of experience he had. Right. So that's what they would do. They would like, but I'm, not, I'm like, how did they? So let's say there was a way. Let's say they knew. Okay, um, they might have taken and they have they narrowed it down to like whatever thing it could be if you spit or vomit or i don't know check your feces they can determine if it's in there because it you know there's simple tests like iodine tests or something. I, but at the same time i'm thinking i don't like what were they looking for like swollen glands swollen throat from throwing up a lot or like something like simple like that yeah because you know i, I was curious really... no i know i was kind of wondering too if maybe there was something like um like a chemical reactivity thing if they had tested maybe samples from the stomach or something like that but it that still kind of would have been advanced at the time unless it like turned a crazy color or bubbled if something was present or whatever so i don't really know how they checked it but they claim that there was no poison so we have to kind of trust them on well not trust them but we have to take them at their word <laughs> at least but it was suspected that Lizzie had recently purchased um, 
something called hydrocyanic acid, which is hydrogen cyanide. It's basically a clear poison. It's also flammable, which is not relevant, but just a little fun fact about it. So she was asked about this and said she did ask about it at the pharmacy because they used to just sell cyanide at the pharmacy, which is wild. Um, But she asked about it for the purpose of like cleaning furs. And during the trial, the medical examiner testified that this would not have had antiseptic qualities, but perhaps she didn't buy it. And that's why she didn't buy it when she found that out, when she asked about it. Um, But that's kind of just kind of like ruling that out, you know, because at the end of the day, they were killed with hatchets and not poison regardless. Um, Or she might have even said, you know what, this sounds too complicated. (laughs) Maybe she did want it to kill them. We don't know. More about that later. Um, The night after the murders, Lizzie's friend Alice Russell stayed with them at the house, as did Uncle John, which... Can we just take a moment to talk about how far procedure has come? A double murder occurs in a house and everyone just gets to sleep in the house. Everyone sleep. More people. Not even just the people who sleep live there. Over. Not, not in that room. That's, that's where daddy's brains are. But upstairs is the, the comfy blankets. Like, get out of here. But not, like, not even just, like, you know, the it's residents of the house can, can stay here. It's like you're inviting in more people to just, like, trample the crime scene. It's just, wow. But police, it actually speaks to the fact that there isn't everything about the poison, everything about the axes. Again, they're not going to steal it because there's no major crimes. And all they have is intent. All they can do to prove someone killed someone, if they don't catch them literally killing them, is prove without a shadow of a doubt them wanting to do it. No, for sure. But just as still, even if that's all they have. When you have a crime scene and you're probably going to go back and look at it, you don't have everyone sleep in the house. Like, that's just common sense. But they did have police stationed around the house. I believe outside. So they're not going to make you sleep somewhere else. They will put people outside. Um, but I guess in case anyone was targeting the family, like, just a kind of a, to see if anyone came back or, like, whatever the case was. But... One of the officers had said he had seen Lizzie and Alice go in the basement together with a lamp and what they called a slop pail. So that's a fun term. Let's bring those back. Um, But he also said he saw them come out together and then Lizzie go back alone by herself, which is what alone means. He couldn't see what she was doing, but he said it appeared that she was leaning over or like bent over the sink. So something was going on in the basement. So this happened August 4th. August 5th, Uncle John goes to leave the house and is just absolutely mobbed by tons of people. Police actually had to escort him back to the house. So the word is out clearly at this point. People want to know what's going on. People are worried. You know, is there like an axe murderer on the loose or or what's going on? Um, On August 6th, police do another search of the house after everyone's been sleeping over. So that's good. Two days later. <laughs> Two days later, after everyone's been sleeping and living there and playing with slop pails. Um, this time, at least, even though it's much later, they're inspecting the sisters' clothes. They did finally take the broken hatchet into evidence way later, which is not great. Um, the same night, Lizzie is informed she is suspect number one. The following morning, 
Alice walks into the kitchen and Lizzie is just tearing up one of her dresses, one of Lizzie's own dresses. And she's like, oh, I was just about to burn this. It's covered in paint. No big deal. And unfortunately, because she destroyed it, nobody was ever able to check it out um, and see or match it to is it what she was wearing the days of the murders? We don't know. It's because it's gone. It's gone now. She burned it in the stove or on the stove. So now it's August 8th and Lizzie is appearing at an inquest hearing. She requested to have her attorney present, but this was denied under some kind of statute that an inquest must be held privately. Wikipedia said that she had been prescribed morphine prior to this and it may have affected her testimony. That made me laugh because like, yes, (laughs) yes, it Mm -hmm. did. Give someone a bunch of morphine and then just start asking them questions and see what happens. Like that's absurd. Or even don't even do that. Just give someone like a little like of that laugh and guess for like dental procedures and then try to ask them some questions. Like that's not going to. Well, a lot of a lot of this stuff is just speaking to the times we're talking about. So the cops come, murder happens. They wander around the house, collect almost no evidence. They, they call co- the one literally no. Yeah, they call the one guy in the state who has the camera to come take the pictures, right? And then they stand outside, like, we're not going to let anyone, like, they're not really watching. I mean, it's just, no. think about it in your head, the cop, he's spinning his baton, he probably didn't have a pistol, like that kind of cop. Then for two <laughs> days, people come and go as they please, guests, residents, whoever, Yeah. and then she burns evidence, clearly that's what she's doing. And then, and also just, again, the, the morphine, in our heads, we're thinking, holy crap, morphine. Back then, you bought morphine and cocaine, uh, co- um, cocaine, cocaine <laughs> at like the store. Like you said, that chemical that you wanted. Right next to the cyanide. It was yeah, all like, the same place. You just, you're just like, can I have a, I need a, I need some grapes and I need cyanide. You know what? Let me get some cocaine. I'm going to have a busy day. Like, that's what it was. <laughs> like, that's what it was. So it wasn't like morphine, like in large doses. It was like, you know, some kind of a barbiturate or some kind of a narcotic that you just can get and like, you know, Think about the old timey bottle with the little paper. Maybe it has skull and crossbones on. Like if you take too much, you're oh. gonna die. But but you can still take a lot. You'll be fine. Like I that love kind those of bottles. Morning. Yeah, no, totally. It's it's crazy. But I love the fact that they said it may have affected her testimony. Yeah. That was my favorite line. That made me laugh when I was I was researching this. Um, so while this is going on, you know, her morphine testimony. They're like, oh, well, that's weird. Her behavior is erratic. Like, no shit. She <laughs> gave her morphine. But mm-hmm. she wasn't answering questions or she was like really picking and choosing what she wanted to answer. Even if the answers to the questions she was being asked would have actually helped her, she was just like not answering them. But we don't, she was probably high as a kite. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Or, or, and, or smart enough to know. All I got to do is dodge these idiots and I'm, I'm, I'm walking away from this. Like, <laughs> I'm going to take my slot pail and I'm going to walk away from this. Very, yeah. very, yeah, no, I got it. So her story changed a lot during this time as well. She gave several possible answers about where she was when her father came home. She's in the kitchen. She is coming down the stairs. She's ironing in the dining room. She's doing everything but having killed her father. Of course. She she also said she had taken her father's boots off and put slippers on him, which, again, we know is incorrect because there are crime scene photos. I feel like it's weird that two different people have made that statement. And both are lying. Like, why? The, that's weird to me. But 
I digress. On August 11th, Lizzie was arrested and went off to jail. So it's interesting. Her inquest testimony was actually ruled inadmissible at her trial. Um, but it's also said that the inquest testimony had also changed the mind of her friends. A lot of them had been super supportive of her and maintained her innocence up to that point. And then when they were hearing about what went on at the inquest, they were like, mm, I don't know. This is a little, it's a little weird. Um, yeah. yeah. So she was actually indicted on December 2nd. Her trial began in June of 1893. Right before her trial began, another axe murder actually occurred in Fall River. The victim, Bertha Manchester, was sadly found hacked to death. That was in quotes, which sounds god-awful. Um, they did convict someone for that, but they determined he was not in the area at the time of the Borden murders. The person they they picked for that was also, I believe he was a Portuguese immigrant. And why did they pin it on him? Like, that's like a whole other conversation, I feel like. Is it just that he was conveniently around and he was an immigrant, so they decided to pin a murder on him? Yeah, probably. You know, so that could be... Um, so the hatchet head they found was a big part of the trial. The prosecution argued that the killer had removed the handle because it would have been covered in blood, naturally. One officer stated that a hatchet ha uh, handle had been found near it, but another officer's statement contradicted that, so it kind of canceled out. Um, Alice, again, that's Lizzie's friend, did testify about what I mentioned before, Lizzie burning her dress because she had gotten paint on it. Um, and this was never challenged by the defense. They were like, yes, she did burn her paint dress. That did happen. <laughs> um, it's definitely unfortunate timing, whether there was paint on it or not. Like, could you have picked another time to burn the paint dress? Like, any other time before or months late? No. Okay. So another notable argument was regarding where and what Lizzie was doing in the house. According to testimony, Maggie... Um, I was going to say the maid, but I feel like I don't want to, like, demean her by continually calling her the maid. She went upstairs around 10.58, and Lizzie and her father were downstairs. Lizzie told a bunch of people around this time she had gone to the barn and was not in the house for about 20 or 30 minutes. Two neighbors actually confirmed this, even giving it the time, 11.03. At 11.10 is when Lizzie called for Maggie after finding her father she allegedly told her not to come in the room and sent her for a doctor, which would be interesting if her dress was covered in paint, let's say. Yeah. And she's like, don't come in here. Um, unfortunately, for everyone involved, this horrified me when I read it as well. I think I gasped out loud. Both Andrew and Abby's heads had been removed during their autopsies and admitted and presented as evidence during the trial which sounds like an absolutely horrendous sight to behold. Like, imagine you go, you want to know what's going on in your community. You go to the courthouse, you sit down, you want to hear what's going on, and then you see two human heads in front of you. <laughs> and also, as you mentioned before, everything smelled and was dirty and filthy back in the day. So that's just not a yeah. great scene. On air-conditioned heads. Oh, God. In and the summer, and, and it's in the summer, yeah. Yeah, you, you know what it smelled like? Exactly what, whatever you're thinking it smelled like in your head right now, listeners, yep, you, you got it. That's but worse. Exactly I feel like worse, too, though. But a billion times worse, and it was looking at you. Oh, God. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> well, yeah, and because of that, probably, it says that Lizzie fainted during this moment, but who could blame her? Innocent or guilty, who could blame her for that? That's incredibly jarring. Um, I have personally never fainted in my life, but that would seem like a good enough time as any to start, I would say. So the jury deliberated for an hour and a half and actually came back with an acquittal. Lizzie Borden was acquitted of both murders. Weirdly, when she left the courthouse, she told reporters she was the happiest woman in the world, which, okay, you don't have to go to jail or be executed, but also your family is dead. So I don't know about being the happiest woman in the world, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're crazy town. You're you're guilty crazy town like fun pants right there. Like I'm the happiest in the world. It's like, yeah, because again, in my head, all I see is like that like sepia tone, like drunk history, like kind of film like footage of her on the on the steps. Like, I'm the happiest you know, with the with the puffy shoulder pads the women had in the dresses and you know I immediately when when I am hearing I'm the happiest woman in the world, I'm just picturing someone like winning Willy Wonka's chocolate factory <laughs> but no. I'm the happy like that's not the correct occasion to use that statement <laughs> in my opinion um but so there's a lot of I mean not a lot but there are some theories um there's not really evidence to support any of the theories but that's why we're here to wildly speculate right that's what we do um a writer Victoria Lincoln said in 1967 that Lizzie may have committed the murders while in a fugue state, which is something I had to look up, um, but I will tell you what I found. Basically, a fancy way of saying someone dissociates and then has memory loss related to the time they were dissociating. Another theory is that Lizzie was abused by her father, whether physically or sexually. This drove her to kill him. Um, another author Evan Hunter, in a novel he wrote in the 80s, proposed that maybe Abby, the stepmom, had caught Lizzie and the maid together, scandalous, and been disgusted. Lizzie then killed her and her father when he found out, and then he was also disgusted by this. So she just killed everyone. Um, the uncle did it, is another theory. He had slept in the house the night before. He had rarely visited, tensions about business, et cetera, et cetera. Or the maid did it, which to me, it, this is all just starting to sound like a game of Clue, essentially. Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, exactly. It was Colonel Mustard in the drawing room with the candlestick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned, there's no evidence to support any of these things. There isn't. But I, I'm kind of intrigued about neighbors could place her at the house two different neighbors at a certain time outside they saw her outside but what are all these other stories she told them like if people could just like kind of like match up the timeline for her that kind of seemed like she didn't do it but then she's like oh i was shopping oh i was ironing oh i was coming down the stairs oh i was whatever it just seems weird right well all right so as we're going through all information the first thing I will say is I 100% think she did it. I, without a shadow of a doubt, think she, she did it. And I'll, we can go into it, you know, as in our wild speculation. But that's what I think. Now, what you were just saying that was, I feel like at this time in, in history, even all time, up until just very recently, it was probably both equally as easy to get 
convicted of a crime you did not do just because of like the mob and hype and and you know anger and, and, and yeah. energy yeah like you know i don't mean like the mafia i mean like let's say <laughs> you're a portuguese guy right right and you're just in town and an axe murder occurs no one knows who you are you're just drifting through because you can just kind of wander through it'd be very easy for you especially if your english wasn't so great to be the murderer and everyone feels better sleeping at night right. knowing they got they got the guy in quotations but i also feel like it was just an as easily available option to get away with murder if they didn't catch you with that bloody weapon in your hand right but print something that like can actually take your body and put it at that dead body you're going you're and if you don't break you don't buckle under pressure which she sounded like she might have been a little savvy or just lucky you're you're going home you're going because they there's no physical like you know we talked about the, the chemicals in their stomach what did they do did they like sift through like bile and like milk i can't find any cleaning products in here and the cops went through the house multiple times there's so many dots that are so close to connecting but they actually can't connect because again she burned her dress so right. i don't i don't i'll let you like share your piece so i think she did it and I think that if we had heard this case, let's say this case happened in 1994, which is kind of a long time ago, but obviously not this long ago, Ugh. we would all be like 100% this happened because these are all the same tropes because people have not changed much in the last even thousand years. So the dumb, dumb murderer, you know, crime of passion, whatever you want to call it, there's so many possibilities. She could, two daughters, older, unmarried, they could have totally been abused women. The dad has, you know, didn't find that Abby until later in life. And like, he could have totally been, you know, sexually abusing them and just kept it quiet. And he's a prominent man in society and et cetera. Or they could have been like older, you know, spinster. One of them is a lesbian. Maybe she is banging their maid, you know. And then, yes, back then, that could have totally been a problem. So easier to kill, yeah. you know, that mom than is to deal with it. Those are two feasible ones. But I feel like it could, it's, it's always the same thing. And you've been doing this for a long time, Megan. It is money yep. or it is, or it is something, you know, like jealous, like jealous, passion, rage kind of stuff or vengeance. Those are the big three. So if there was sexual abuse, that's a possibility. I feel like it was more like we want to live our life and you're just as old. We don't, we don't have toilets. I'm killing you. <laughs> We're buying fucking toilets we just wanted plumbing yeah i mean, I just, mean and just to go a little off topic just for a second i'll let you finish this are you going to talk about your bathroom no well just <laughs> okay. well i could i could i absolutely could <laughs> like you know but think about like being a woman in 2023 i can't think about all, it it's awful okay, take, take all those things right so good the good and the bad i'm not going to pretend like i know what it's like to be a woman i'm talking about like hygiene just being in society all those things now take your brain for a second and then go back 120 years. Earlier. I wouldn't have made it. I would have been burned okay. as a witch. Like your best case scenario, <laughs> Megan, best case scenario. They, Lizzie Borden is your best case scenario. She's a white woman in Massachusetts with money. And it still was garbage. Yeah. Gingham dresses, no <laughs> toilets. Like you're killing people. I'm fucking chopping someone's face off. I like that that's part of the point. It's like, ugh, gigum dresses. Awful. Yeah, a dress that weighs 40 pounds and they layers. Do, they do seem really hot. And also, there's no deodorant. Like, ugh. There's no end. 
they didn't have toilets, let alone toilet paper or deodorant. No, I know. So whatever was in that slot pail, Megan, was something you don't ever want to know was in that slot pail. It was bad things. <laughs> yeah. Well, they called it a slot pail. Nothing called a slot pail is going to be full of good things. Yeah. Hopefully it was food scrap, <laughs> but we know what was in there. Just the worst parts of the person. Why was she taking it in the basement? Where you dump your shit? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're a prominent member of society. You're going to dump in your shit hole. I'm assuming it's like a <laughs> keeper, like, you know, thing in the basement where, like, you didn't just, like, fling it out the second story window. It had to go somewhere. But either way, <laughs> the house smelled exactly how you think it smelled. I like, am curious. Yeah. It's not relevant. But where did, how did they dispose of that? And I'm sure she wouldn't have had to do it herself either. I'm sure Our that's houses. what the maid was for. So typically you had outhouses, right? So basically it was a latrine. Yeah, but I'm saying if, I know, but if she had an outhouse, why is she taking a slot pail to the basement? Like, it's one of those embarrassing poops in the middle of the night and you just gotta like (laughs) discard of it real quick because that's what, think about like, you have to go to the bathroom bad enough. You gotta walk down the steps fully clothed because you have to go outside. In your gingham dress. And you hate hate spiders, Megan? Well, guess what? I do. Cramped, tight little quarters like outhouses. So that's the idea. But now it's late. You got to, you got having an emergency, let's say. Let's just not get to <laughs> What do you do? You got the bucket. You got the, 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 the you got your old, your, your old friend, the bucket. And you got to do what you got to do right in your room, like sitting in the corner of your room, looking at all your stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no bathroom. You just, you're just next to your bed, filling the slot pail. <laughs> That's so terrible. Like, it's not funny. I'm laughing because I'm horrified. And that's like my trauma response is to laugh at everything. I just can't. It's there's nothing that sounds good about any of it. There's exactly. So to them, they were used to it. I'm not just like we're used to it now (laughs) in 150 years. They'll think like, what were we doing? We were idiots or crazy. Not that. I think these people were were rich for, for now. Like, if you had $250,000 now, you're doing okay. You're not rich, but you're doing fine. In 1890 or 1910 or whatever, you're doing great. Like, you're a, a yeah. millionaire. So they have everything they want. They're spoiled brats. And, you know, I we've mean, seen this trope over and over again. The same story. They want the money. They want whatever dad has. They just don't want to deal with dad. It reminds me kind of the, of the Menendez brothers. But I will say this, though. Their family has money. It doesn't sound like they have access to money. Like they have their basic needs met, but daddy has all the money, right? He's not throwing money at them. He won't even give them freaking inside bathrooms and like not having to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night in a bucket in the room, right? Yeah. So I don't so think, I don't think them. they, yeah, but, right. But I'm saying, I don't think they're walking around and they're like spoiled. I don't think they're, they have been allowed to be spoiled. I think that life sucks because they know that there's money, but they can't touch it. So I agree with you, but just like in a different, like, I don't think yeah, they're, they're spoiled. They're, they're envious, maybe. So they want to be spoiled. Yeah, they well, want- he. it's weird. <laughs> just, to, just to backtrack to the other thing. If you don't have to go outside to the bathroom, why would you want to continue to do that? So like, he has money. I'm thinking about it from his perspective. He has money and he's like, no, I would rather continue to go to the spider-infested, smelly outhouse in the middle of the night, then let my daughters have indoor plumbing. (laughs) Well, it just, it's the same as, like, today. Like, uh, think about, like, uh, you know, 
someone older, like, you know, my dad's in his early 60s. And you're like, no, dad, TikTok is going to really like change your life. And he's like, I don't want that. Yet, dad. <laughs> so back then, this guy's in his because he was when he died, he was in his 70s. Mm-hmm. So you're in your 70s in the 1890s, which means Ugh. like the Revolutionary War happened and then you were born not long after. So like, that's how old that guy was. So yeah, and uh, bathrooms to him was like unnecessary, rich, like op- like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like uh, what's opulence? Is that the word? Like just okay. like this, like oh, you need the 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 fancy water machine to pull your poops out of the house. <laughs> I'll just shit in the hole in the backyard, like everyone, like, like my granddad. Like that's really where his head came. From. <laughs> he probably worked for his money his whole life, and now these kids are born. You know, they were in their thirties. Yeah, so he had kids, and he was like in his forties. Spinsters, and you know, and you also know, and I know this is there's no evidence of it; it doesn't get mentioned. You know, those people have kids older, like are always weird kids. The kids whose parents, <laughs> like my parents, were kind of young. Like I'm <laughs> going to be forty this year. My dad's like sixty one. <laughs> like you know, those kids in high school who like were your age when you were like seventeen, and their parents were like sixty five. They were just weird kids, and it was <laughs> we, everything was weird about it. Like they almost looked like they were old already at like 22. They had like gray streaks. Like, yeah, you just old sperm made old babies. And I feel like it's a little, yeah, I feel like it's a little different now, but I know what you're talking about. (laughs) I definitely know what you're talking about. I've seen it happen where it's like, there's too much of a disconnect for how things have evolved and changed that Mm -hmm. like older people refuse to and I feel like when I say older people like I even count myself among them because like I'm at the age like you mentioned TikTok where people are like oh TikTok's cool and I'm like oh I'm not learning that (laughs) That, that's how I feel now like when people are like oh they're doing a platform I'm like I'm not freaking learning how to do that that's absurd and I'm not that old you guys I'm not but I'm older than you are you are lose old as shit I'm just kidding I'm going to turn 40 in a few months. I don't feel old. I mean, but if we're talking about plumbing, I've actually added more plumbing into my plumbing. I bought a bidet the other day, completely apropos of nothing we're talking about. But let me tell you guys, get more plumbing in your house. Put more, get more water flowing through the get water. Get more stuff. plumbing for your plumbing. Like I'm going to say, I'm not thrilled about how much we've talked about shit, but I'm also but okay it, with it. it. it I'm it also is. okay with it. It is definitely because these this woman definitely murdered these two people. And why she murdered them? Because in that time, so she was, was she 35, right? She's 35. So we're so the same age. So let me 30, put myself in her shoes. Yeah. Okay. So now you're 35 now. She's 35, 35 now. 18, uh, 93 it was. Was it 92? 1892 it was. Uh, yeah. So everyone, including her parents, are treating her like she's a hundred year old woman because she hasn't had any. She should at thirty five. She should be in her fifteenth year of marriage Ugh. and on her fifth or sixth kid, right? Like that sounds awful. Yeah. So not only are you just like a single woman trying to find herself in the world, she's like an old biddy, used up. No one in town wants a thirty five year old. Like, what's wrong with her? So she has that. Right. Lou, you're pressure. triggering me right now. <laughs> Is that pressure, right? That Nobody pressure. in town wants a 35-year-old. But You're think about this is tender in 1893. It was like the one other guy your age in town, and if he loses his leg or something, that's it. You're single for the rest of your goddamn life. And you're well, if he's, he's wait, he still has one other good leg, though. 
Yeah, but he a <laughs> one-legged man in 1893. It's that's just that's over. Like he can't plow the fields or whatever. He can't do. That's anything. what the oxen are for. I mean, why do you think these people had six axes in their house, Megan? They weren't collect. They you had to chop shit and like yeah. shit in buckets. Like think about it. So she's a 35 year old woman. She's too old for marriage. She's past her prime. <laughs> she has a rich dad, right? They have a nice house, no plumbing. Yeah. So. It's the same old stuff we see in every true crime, true crime story, time after time. Just, you know, just it for that era. She wants all that stuff, or she wants the potential of what? Because in our heads, we keep we keep going to that number, even though we can say like it was worth this much in today's time. Back then, it was in the 1890s. I bet people made like 10, 15, 25 cents an hour. Yeah, and they have no. hundreds of thousands of dollars. So she's like, yo, we're like the Hiltons. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You're selling coffins. I got a shit in the, you know, in a in a in a vase or whatever. Let's do and I guarantee those are the conversations. That's the, that was the internal family turmoil. I he wish that telling them. Yeah. No, I was gonna say think, No, go ahead, go ahead. I was go ahead. just gonna say I wish we had like told the listeners at the beginning to have a drinking game that every time anyone mentions shit. They just take a drink because they would be fucked up right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm on my second beer already. I'm 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 rearing to go. But I think I think in in my nonsense, I'm on to something. So they want I don't think it's nonsense. They it's want not. all that stuff. They want the, the potentiality of all that money and the, and the and the promise of what it could give them. And they have this guy, and I guarantee you there was that kind of drama of I will give you money if you get married. I will give you money oh. if you have grandchildren. I will give you money if you have a family. I'm not just giving some woman with <gasps> a vagina money. What are you going to do? You're going to spend it on dresses and shoes and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I'm going to put some fucking sinks in the goddamn house, Dad. Like, how about <laughs> that? Like, can I wash my face? The more if, that you're saying this, the more I, like, relate to her. I'm like, no, yeah, okay. If someone was saying all that to me, if someone was saying that to me, like, oh... What are you going to buy? Some more dresses? Like, I would suffocate them. Like, you know. Because everyone has, back then, is on the same level, right? So everyone's poor, middle, whatever the middle class was. Yeah. But they weren't. So it's like it's like living now, right? And it's not trying to compare yourself to other people or other classes or any of that. But imagine, like, you had the amount of money you have in your bank account and the family that you have and you had the opportunities that you have, but your roof was tarp. Because, yeah, we don't need shingles. We don't need plywood. When the tarp leaks, you just move, you know, and like think about, like, why am I living like, like we, ha- we can actually have a nice thing. Why don't we have it? Like, I, I, I agree. Don't give the worst people in the world are rich kids. The kids of rich people. Those <laughs> kids suck. You know I mean, like some guy who starts from, like, starts from nothing and gets rich. He's just a guy. He gets rich, maybe his ego. But those kids are the worst. So they weren't like great people. No. I could definitely connect those dots as to why it happened. But like, and I see your point and I'm not disputing your point, but one thing we haven't really talked about yet is the extent of the injuries of her father and her stepmom, right? It's so excessive, which indicates like a deep hatred or some type of rage so it's like i understand being mad and being like feeling jealous and like having kind of like a chip on your shoulder and whatever but like 
to that level, like that's a crazy level. Like with the set mom, it was seven. She was hit more than 17 times, including the blows that happened before. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of animosity. So like yeah. how, like that can't just be from having to poop in a bucket. Like it just can't. It's personal. <laughs> like no one comes, like this is a perfect example of when like they can tell cops now know. Someone breaks into your house and they actually have intent to kill you. They shoot you, they steal stuff, they bounce. When they find six bullet wounds in your face, your husband killed you. Your boyfriend killed you. Your kids, someone who hated you, killed you. They don't, like, again, let's say he came in, they saw an act by the fireplace, very feasible, right? They probably had fireplaces on every floor and a furnace in the basement. It's how she burned her dress, whatever. He picks up the axe, he whacks you on the head, doesn't check if you're dead. Once you're out of commission, and he steals all your whatever's in the house to steal back then. I don't know, gold coins or whatever could be around. But 17 yeah. times, like, so someone hits you, like, okay, so the stepmom got hit. They said they, they could determine. First hit, cracks from the side of the head. That's pretty much probably knocked her out, which is why her face got damaged, but she didn't put her hands up. She just whacked her face. Right, right she just fell. She kind of just fell right on her face. And then, for, and then a thief is, like, maybe one more for good measure, maybe, and then bounced it. She hit her... They think 17 times because for those of us who've actually taken an axe or a hatchet to wood, understand if you hit the same spot 17 times, it's no longer recognizable. It's just a chopped up sort right. of Right. So they can kind of see that they're like counting the individual wounds. Like that's how that came about. But it's just like with the dad too. Like even though your dad like sucks, <laughs> I sound like such a valley girl. Even though your dad like sucks, you don't have to do you like because he was hit he wasn't as hit as many times as the stepmom but he was hit several times as well so it does again indicate like animosity it's very personal so it's definitely someone close but i'm just saying like that level of rage like for the reasons that we mentioned i don't know but again referencing um the menendez brothers they basically killed their parents over money mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't just like a one and done either like it wasn't on this level but it wasn't great so it's like i guess it all kind of depends on what the person's priorities are or maybe it's the pigeons maybe she was still still so upset about the pigeons it totally it totally could it definitely screams to me personal crime of passion and also so since you brought them and then the brothers up their thing was someone broke in and did this right they were right. playing tennis or whatever the hell they were doing. Then as it, it you know, they, their alibi shrunk and shrunk and shrunk, their last resort was they were molested. So this right. was like a, a last, you know, effort chance to get revenge. Right. But that's only because they got caught. Now, in this case, you got to get close with an axe, right? You can't. It's like, so you know, close. Like you have to get rid yeah. Well, it's not even like a big axe. It's a little hatchet, right? Yeah. One of the six axe hatchet combination one of the 700 hatchets they had on their hatchet wall in the basement yeah exactly exactly she must have been down there just like some like you know hmm oh the gold one for daddy like you know but that's and all the other things like let's say let's try to extrapolate like you know just like time travel to now if there's someone gets killed in a house right they get Mm -hmm. shot 10 times with a, a, a pistol they come to your house, you have pistols, you have guns, you're a hunter, whatever it is, right? And the one pistol that is 
matches the caliber bullet of this murder of your daughter, wife, whatever, is gone. Or it's broken in a thousand pieces or something like that. They wouldn't be like, hmm, this is not good for them. Let's look for some other. Like, it's just they start. That's when they start squeezing. They put you in that right. room for 12 hours and like, Bob, just say it, Bob. Just, just tell us. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't, but I didn't. It's like, just, you know, and then the, he, I'm just, you know, you know, you've seen yeah. a million times. The guy leaves, the other guy stays, and he's like, I'm just your friend, man. Just try to be your friend. Just, I, I love a good interrogation. I love yeah, a good, good. And when they lean into it and they're like, it must have felt good, right? When he finally <laughs> yeah. picks up. Yeah. Like that's, you know, when they, they kind of bait them like that. Um, it's so gratifying to see to see the payoff. But wait, so I have some other information about Lizzie that I think is interesting and relevant to what we're talking about. So let me just go on to talk about her later life, right? Lizzie and her sister, after all this, moved into a large house in the same community of Fall River. They have inherited their dad's estate at this point. Mm-hmm. They had a large staff, a lot of live-in staff, and hopefully indoor plumbing. Lizzie started going by Lizbeth in an effort to shed some of the notoriety around, you know, everything. But despite being acquitted, the town did not forget. She was shunned, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure that's even like an understatement. Um, But interesting, there's a few interesting things. She was actually accused of shoplifting in 1897. And in 1905, now remember, she's living with her sister. In 1905, she pissed her sister Emma off so bad that Emma moved out of the house and never saw Lizzie again. The argument, apparently, was about a party that Lizzie had had for an actress friend or whatever. But it kind of gives you... Like, it's interesting. Okay, so I'm going to say, and I'm, I don't want to open up a whole bag of worms, a bit, can of worms, <laughs> a bag of worms. I don't want to open up a can of worms, but it reminded me a little bit about OJ because at the time, and, and everyone was super like, OJ's innocent, OJ's innocent. And then in later life, this is not on the same scale, of course, but in later life, you see he keeps going to jail for for things and he's like committing violent crimes and armed crimes and so on. So it's interesting because that gives you a little more insight when they're like, he couldn't have done this, right? It's interesting in this case where people were like, no, she's innocent, she's whatever. And then later she's living with her sister. They live through this event and then something happens and there's already stuff under the surface, right? This isn't just about the party. It couldn't have been. Mm-hmm. It could not, not have been, right? So it's just kind of like the catalyst for what happened after that, which is that they got pissed off so bad or she was so over it that she just left. She's like, I'm not living with you anymore. I don't want to see you or speak to you. And they live the rest of their lives like that, which sucks and is a tragedy but to me like i said it does give insight into what people are capable of now anyone is capable of shoplifting certainly that doesn't indicate Mm -hmm. murder but to me the fact about you know them them arguing so crazily that they had separated for the rest of their lives and died without 
kind of coming to terms or like making that good, their relationship good again, that is very interesting to me. I was very interested when I read that. Yeah, so, and it's in there. That information is there. Right. Because the historian, or maybe even for the time, like, you know, probably after the fact, post-mortem for both of them, like, as people try to, like, decipher. That was one of those fights of, like, you, maybe she didn't know her sister did it or didn't want to believe it. And then her sister became this person, you know, think about 1905, you're throwing a party for your actress friend. It's not really giving us, it's not setting the true tone of, you came from this small, you're wealthy, but this sort of like down to earth kind of, you know, upper, upper middle class family to now you're throwing these parties and you, you know, she's probably throwing the money around. Well, right. And, and then also, so Lizzie died just to give an idea of the time frame, right? So Lizzie died in 1927 of pneumonia. And her sister moved out after their argument in 1905. An argument about a party <laughs> isn't yeah. going to live that long between sisters, right? So either, like you're saying, she she didn't know she committed it or she didn't want to believe she committed it. Or somehow they were in it together and Lizzie was just like the stronger one who was like, well, she kind of handled it, you know? And then Emma was mm -hmm. just like kind of a party to the rest of it, like, you know? But I can I can kind of imagine the conversations that went on in that house, if she did it, of course, where it's like throwing all this money around and like, I know what you did for that money and that's yeah. how we're going to do things if whatever. It wasn't just about the party. There's no way. No. There's no way. There's no. That's what they told, or people thought, or how you know exactly what you just said. Like I think we're both right there. Like right. they were fighting for a while. Their life has changed because the same thing. We don't know what would happen. Like if you 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 watch a lot of true crime stuff, you read about it. I watch a good amount of it. Right. Most of these people get caught, but there's no documentaries about the ones who don't get caught. Unsolved mysteries might be the best thing going. But those people are out there. You know, I feel like that's the end of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> They're still out there. But yeah. they are. They so are. There is definitely murders that have occurred that have, I feel like a lot of these murders fit into several different categories. Of course, there's the obvious one, just like unfound serial killers. You know, they, they didn't connect the dots, right? Or whatever. Uh, there's unfound. lots of that. Right. Yeah. Like, or, or like, you know, the serial killer didn't get the credit or, or whatever. Then you have people who just like are, organized crime so they're just killing people for whoever knows if you watch the Iceman documentary he was killing people for i was just whatever, thinking about him whatever reason he wanted to wanted to I try some crossbow someone was chewing their gum too loud yeah cut him off in traffic and they pulled over to fight him and they never saw another day again like that's there are people like that they're rare but there are and then of course there's like the accidental or like the um you know, almost like just just really incidental situations. Right. I'm hiking. Someone else is hiking. We both fall. I try to save them. They fall. I leave and tell no one what happened because I'm scared or whatever. And then 20 years later, they find the bones. And I mean, I know it's like a rare, crazy scenario, but there must be some cases like that, and people just not coming forward. 
I don't so know. So there's all these things. There's all these. I feel like that came to you pretty quick. Has that happened to you? <laughs> You're like, I'm hiking. They're hiking. Someone yeah, falls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, nothing ever happened to Steve. I mean, I don't know whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, but that sounds very saying, specific. Like, there's so many movies. Like my brain just goes right to movies that have these sort of like. Yeah, we've seen we've true. seen both of these movies. There's the movie where the person's 100 percent guilty. Where the viewer watching them do the thing. And they right. keep getting off and getting off and getting off until the very end. And of course, you know, something happens to them and they get their, you know, their uppances. But there's also the, the instances in the movies, especially in the fictional world, where like shit just happens. And then those person's like fighting for their life, but they're, they're hiding some other thing. And then, the, you know, it's like all this kind of crazy. But I don't think this situation is what happened. I think this kid, Lizzie, and maybe her sister too. You, I didn't even think about that. Maybe we don't Emma know. Also. Also was like, yeah, you do it. I'm just going to be the bystander. And then that was the plan. If you shut your mouth and don't open your mouth, we'll get away with this. And then we'll be rich. And there's There really is. There's so many different possibilities, right? Because even if maybe her sister knew about it, but didn't want to participate and, but was like cool with it. Maybe after it happened, she wasn't as cool with it as she thought she was and that was like an underlying resentment that she took with her through the rest of her life like how could you do that when mm -hmm. she saw what it took you know what i mean and that's not to to put it on them i mean i'll, I'll say this because i didn't really speak on this yet it seems most likely that lizzie did this <laughs> right right that's you're, giving my take her, on it. you're giving a lot of inches i am a hundred percent positive no i am because i'm the type of person that I need 100% solid evidence because if I didn't see it, so also, okay, just for everyone who's listening, my, my job um, involves like QA, right? For, for a company. So if something bad happens and I can't prove it, then did it really happen? I can't say that it did. That's actually part of my job. It's not exciting in the legal aspect of it, Right. It's not like for court. It's not like for forensics. It's not for de detective work, but it's true regardless. If I can't prove it, I can't say it happened or it didn't happen. So that's why I'm saying that. I, I know how I can feel about stuff. I know how I can lean, but it's basically there. there's no actual evidence that ties her to it because of the fact that they let them live inside a crime scene. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the police let them live wrong. in the crime scene, right? And that's part of it, too. It's not 100% on the fact that for the time they were ill-equipped to, to study or investigate, it's based on the fact that they didn't do enough to investigate it. They didn't check her clothes because in the time between when they first suspected her and when they actually started looking at her stuff, there's time to clean the tools there's time to clean the clothes or burn them or whatever Days. right so Days. you know so that's on the police too days and sleepovers there was so many days sleepovers on slot pails like know. just just think of all the reasons that when you have a sleepover you've had a sleepover at your house right i've had my friends sleepover cousins whatever sure occasionally a sleepover has a little you know uh i don't know what the word is like a, like a catch, like mom and dad agreed to it, but now they're mad. So it's like, we're going to stay away from mom and dad. We're going to play here. <laughs> but this sleepover, the catch was 
you can't go in the living room because dad was killed there this morning and his blood is still pooling on the floor and also yeah i can't use the upstairs bedroom because that's where have you ever seen the crime scene pictures for this case i saw i saw a couple okay so the dad is literally like on a couch that i that i would bet had not been removed after so they were like oh yeah come in come in take your coat off whatever oh don't sit on the couch though don't sit on the couch like (laughs) or worse it's 1893. That's clearly they're not giving a shit. People are just you. Uncle John doesn't know. You know he's and he sits on the couch and squish, and he's in, you know, plasm and whatever's. Oh, that's brain. gross. But that's. I mean, two days. So you said it was the. It was. It happened on the fourth. They. And I, I believe it was the next night that everyone slept over. So it wasn't that night. <sighs> it wasn't the same night of the murders. It was the following night. That's still too, that's still not enough. It's too soon because, <laughs> right. No, <laughs> exactly. But especially if you, if it's considered like an active crime scene, we know today, today, they would say, you can't come back. This is an active crime scene. You can come back once we like clear the crime scene. Right. That doesn't mean that they continue to come and like search it while it's happening. Like they have to close it and say, you know, we've gotten everything we think we are going to get out of here. You may go back into your home. Like, that's how it works today. No one's sleeping in it. No one's not taking the evidence. No. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's not wild. taking the evidence, leaving the evidence on. So I think this brings you back to my point that I made earlier, where unfortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it, this was a time when it was probably both incredibly easy to get convicted for something you didn't do and incredibly easy to get off for something you did. So yes, double-edged sword. She's a woman. Back then, she could have just as easily been dragged through the mud, been claimed as to be hysterical and guilty without, no matter what she said or did or what they found, she was, that's who did it. Right. On the flip side, the opposite happened. What they did the whole time was like, well, we know her. She never, she would, like that whole, she would never do that. As we all know today, especially true crime fans listening, whenever they say, he was such a great neighbor. Buckle up. They're going to find a whole box of baby shoes in his basement because he's definitely oh, fucking not the guy. Like That's dark. He was, he was so nice and quiet. Yeah, all his lampshades were made of people. So, yeah. You don't yeah. Know yeah. What was that thing you said on the Amityville episode? You said something like the bigger the cross in the house, like the bigger the dungeon they're going to find or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember exactly. What I, I remember that. I, I can go back and listen. But yeah. yeah. Like yeah. The more, the more it's like they were such a nice old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were eating people. That's what they were doing. Yeah, wow. and just for context, if um you can go back and listen to Amityville, where Lou is also a guest, but they were saying in the DeFeo household, just for context, not to get off track, um that the family was pretty religious, and they were finding all these religious artifacts around the house. But then they were saying how the dad was kind of a dick to the kids, and so that's when Lou had said, "Well, now we know." When mm-hmm. you go into a house like that, and the bigger the cross you find, the bigger the dungeon in the basement's going to be. So just to kind of keep you all into the the inner inside jokes, I don't I don't know what you call that. Um, <laughs> the canon, yeah. the canon of true crime time. That's yes, yes. Welcome. That's where we're at now. We can actually throw it back to other episodes. That's the that's the good news. Um, but it's true. I mean, I think I definitely, I know you're giving her the benefit of doubt. And because there isn't any physical, whatever physical evidence existed, it's gone. It's 100, 
you know, 30 years ago, granted, but yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent positive this person did it because <laughs> anybody whose parents were murdered, the people were in the house when the murders occurred. That's another thing. Like we didn't really talk about that at all. They were there. She was in the house. The maid's in the house. The maid was in Uncle, the house. Uncle John was not in the house. He was not in the house. Was the sister Emma in the house? She was too, right? For a period of time. I don't think she was when I, whatever I was reading, didn't really mention her. Like, I don't really know. And maybe this is my fault for not digging deep enough, but your girl's got a full-time job. Um, and also was anything stolen? No, no. The whole theory was, was like some random ax murderer just kind of came through town, like, got, you know, chopped up some people and then bounced, leaving yeah. no evidence whatsoever, except yeah. left all the axes, in the basement well it's interesting too though that you're mentioning you know where people are in the house because we know for certain that abby was there right because she was murdered we know for certain that andrew was there he was murdered we know for certain the maid was somewhere in the house but here's the thing that's interesting also so what whoever's approaching i mean so the dad was sleeping on the couch right that's where he was killed he was sleeping but the mom or the stepmom she didn't like scream or anything and i think she was she might have been startled when she turned around but there was no yeah, really sound in the face she was definitely startled sure right and like disoriented <laughs> certainly right but you think you would hear also after 17 plus because there was like a few more as i mentioned to her head you would hear that sound occurring yep. like the maid would have heard it or something so was she in on it i don't think she did it but did she know about it was she okay with it was there like a deal that she got to split the money like what became of her after i don't know because i didn't do a great job looking into that but <laughs> it's possible yeah. it's a possibility i mean i will i will say that i've never i've used an axe and a hatchet a uh, many times have ever chopped into anyone no or even an animal no so i can't tell you exactly but i imagine that that first hit she probably didn't hear but if someone falls if an adult falls in your house that you're in right now megan you're yeah. gonna hear it even if it's two floors up it's not gonna be a it's not gonna be quiet it's gonna be loud so yeah either she was in on it or she was like a typical maid of the time or just in general ignoring and minding her own business whatever these rich fucks are doing i am not involved i'm just making the rice pudding so this is interesting too hold on so i'm looking because i just i wanted to know right so what happened to maggie what happened to her and it looks like um she did testify in the case she still scrolling this is this is real like journalistic stuff guys we're in it in the moment we're looking we're investigating um yeah essentially they didn't even really press her about it she um they didn't press anybody about anything <laughs> no but i mean but i mean so with um with maggie so they didn't even really hold her like she could have done it they 
had her testify, I guess, against Lizzie or just gave giving a statement. She got to move away after. Yeah. yeah. And that was like the end of her story. And I just checked a few different resources. It's like I checked Irish Central, I checked Wikipedia, I checked Wicked Local, which is obviously a Massachusetts site because it says Wicked. Um heraldnews.com yeah she moved to montana and she passed away there when she was 66 years old she went as far away as you can physically go and think about this montana early late 1800s that's montana oh that's not that's not montana today which is still extremely vast and rural montana 1890s like she may the fact that they even have a death record of her is amazing but what now what is now that speaks volumes to me so i that's new information so yeah well she didn't yes. get charged she didn't get pressed no but why did she bounce like that far away because she knew these bitches are killers well i heard initially i'm saying i heard like someone told it to me um <laughs> it appears that she tried to go back to ireland first and then she was like no i want to go back to the states but not massachusetts so she went to montana and she met a nice man and she got married and she died at 66 which is kind of young for the time but also kind of not that's kind of decent for back in the day right we die when we die as long as i don't get axed to the face death i'm I'm, I'm (laughs) oh my gosh so yeah so as i mentioned before lizzie passed away in 1927 of pneumonia and her funeral information was not even published and was attended by just a few people because no one no one was about her at that point her sister again they did not speak through the end of their lives that they were totally separate her sister actually uh passed away just a over a week later of chronic nephritis which is basically kidney disease um lizzie and her sister were 66 and 76 at the times of their deaths so that's respectively so lizzie is 66 emma is 76 Lizzie was worth about $250,000 when she passed away, which is the equivalent to over $5 million in today's money, which will buy so many toilets and sinks. Um, Mm -hmm. She did have money distributed to friends and family, so she did leave that. And also, she did leave $30,000 to the Fall River Animal Rescue, which I have to respect because animals are better than people. That's my belief. (laughs) also, you can actually visit the Borden House today. You can go there. It's now a bed and breakfast. Um, you can also just take a tour. You don't have to sleep there. I assure you that there are inside bathrooms now, so you don't have to worry about that. They have rectified the situation. You don't have to go to the bathroom in a bucket in your room in the middle of the night, so that's good. <laughs> um, it is allegedly haunted, um, so that is not a house that I would personally choose to stay in but I would like to visit it anyway. Um, I just kind of like, it's, it's really cool. I love old historic houses or old houses that are like predominantly like kept in the period, except with bathrooms, of course. Um, But yeah, so I tried to look into like the, the ghost, the hauntings part of it. There's not really anything. Like, there's nothing exciting, really. It was just like, oh, you know, this door opened and this happened. And it's like, for me, I would expect that. If any house is going to be haunted, it would certainly be a house that murders occurred in. A bunch of houses are haunted that murders haven't occurred in. So why not, right? But, yeah, I just, I wouldn't want to 
sleep in such a place because when I'm trying to sleep, I'm trying to sleep. I don't want to wake up with some kind of like specter at the foot of my bed, like the ghosts of Marley from A Christmas Carol. Like I'm not interested in that, but I would definitely take a tour. I think it's not that far from Salem, actually. I was looking. Uh... Yeah, what's it? It's Falls River, it's called, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, I don't know. I don't even want to guess. I can just look it up and tell you. But it seems like a cool place to visit. There's like daily tours. And when I was reading on their site about um, if you stay there as a bed and breakfast, between certain hours, you actually have to just like push all your shit under the bed because they're still giving tours of the rooms while you stay there. So imagine you're just like, you're like, oh, I just want to take a nap. You just wake up and people are staring at you. Um, I mean, just the, the fact that it's a bed and breakfast and it was a murder house is kind of, I mean, I, I get it. That's they're, they're making money. I'm sure. I, not me. I'm not, no. not getting enough huevos rancheros and then getting touched by the ghost of Scrooge McDuck or whoever's, you know, that's as, fine as you angel. Oh. <laughs> oh no. So fall river is, is, a. Uh is quite a bit away it's like an hour and 20 minutes it's way far south of salem but from where you are it's probably not that bad to go and check it out don't give away my secret bunker location no i'm just saying for, you, for <laughs> where your location is which i know where it is for you to get there sounds terrifying it's, it's probably it's probably shorter it's shorter than if i were to go to salem i do go to salem uh pretty much every year in case people are wondering why i keep bringing that up it is about three hours and 37 minutes for me to get there instead of the, the almost uh five hours and 45 minutes to salem so it is closer to me um but yeah but also i feel i feel like it's i understand like also you're preserving like this historical home and whatever but i feel like it's kind of like a bummer to stay in a room where someone was literally murdered because you can that room is that room is part of it like you can book yeah. that room it's so that's weird. like I'm... that's not my favorite because i feel like I we i feel like we need to be respectful at the same time like as much as we want to consume this as like almost like a form of entertainment right um and like There's i mentioned lines. there are There's lines lot. but like i mentioned before um when you're talking about the ice man and I was like, I love him. I don't love him. He fascinates me. Super right? fascinating guy, yeah. Right, but there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I love him. And they, like, glorify people and have crushes on them. And I think that's weird. And if you're one of those people, like, please stop it. Just stop doing, just stop doing just that. Just know, if you're one of the people who actually love him, like, like, that, like that level of fascination, just know he would have hated you. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, he would have thought you were a punk-ass bitch. Um, mm -hmm. Without yeah. a doubt. So essentially, so this is what it boils down to. Let's boil Lou, it down. Lou Let's is 100% she did it. And 100, I, 100%. I, I do not have the evidence to prove that she has done it, but I do lean that way. I do lean that she is guilty of this crime. Um, do you have any other thoughts about this, about this case, about anything, about outhouses and full of spiders? Well, um, look, do I have any thoughts on the case? I think yes. I said everything I think. Yes. All of it, most of it is theory because we're talking about 1893. Yes. So it's mostly theory. If you want to talk about our houses, oh, I can. 
<laughs> to quote Robert California from The Office, oh my I'll God. be talking about out of houses long after their bedtimes. Wow. Yeah, I think we've <laughs> talked more about outhouses than I've personally ever wanted to talk about them. But I will give you another fun fact. The, my mom's house was uh, an old schoolhouse. It was built in the early 1900s. There is to this day an outhouse in the backyard behind the garage. And it's a double seater. So two people could fit mm-hmm. in there at one time. So that's Super just a little common. fun fact for you. Super common. Super common? You could go and hold yeah, hands? Yeah. Double seaters were super common. So, so like, all right, just to give you uh, respectively, if you want to. So I never actually use an outhouse per se. Oh, boy. Here we go. I've used a latrine. And a latrine is a very fancy latrine. is a long trench in the ground with a bench over it. And literally, as many people as can fit on that bench and poop at the same time, like in the Boy Scouts camps or, or camps in general, that's a latrine. Wow. That's it. So, like, you might be sitting next to, like, six people. I know. No. no about absolutely not. There's I'm no. Buying no. The whole, you need to be a man to do that. It's like, I, if I'm in the toilet and I'm peeing and someone comes in the bathroom, I am, my whole body, I just, I'm, I'll just hold my pee forever. I don't. Well, that's what I mean. Pee. A lot of people I know barely can go to the bathroom in a public bathroom where there are stalls between. You can't just like all sit on a bench. Yeah. That's crazy. And just, like, make eye contact. Like, hey, what's up, Jim? No. Jim, Definitely no eye no. contact. No, no to the eye contact. Okay. So, so outhouses, the app, okay. So the outhouse wasn't great, but for those times, it was pretty normal. But the fact that they could get bathrooms <sighs> was, I, I, all jokes aside, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I didn't think it's just a simple case. Like every, I'd say 85% of true crime, especially when it's, you know, someone they know, family, it's not a serial killer. 85% of the time, that's what it is. It's either life insurance, jealousy. Uh, it's always the stuff. I want the stuff. It is always stuff. Jealousy, and I'm envious, and I'm going to kill my mom, kill my dad, kill my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever to get the stuff and it must work occasionally i mean it does occasionally work but for the most part it does not work and there's some really terrible cases out there of people trying to do this and failing miserably but they still can yeah so it's not worth it at the end of the day in case you're listening and wonder but isn't it worth it she got all that stuff no it's not worth it no amount of bathrooms no (laughs) amount of parties for actresses it's not worth it. Don't do no. it. And also, no. it sounds hard, and I'm lazy. So I'm, not, I'm not interested. Well, that's that. The irony is, killing someone doesn't sound hard at all. It's everything else around that that is extremely hard. Like for me personally, like, and this is what separates, like, me and you and most people from killers. I don't think I could live with myself. So, like, th- th- that's the simplest way I can put it. If I had to kill someone in my life because they were going to kill me, I would have trouble with it. I would be okay with it. I would have trouble. If I someone was would... trying to kill me, like, okay. Like, I know where in I'm the sorry. moment, I'm, I'm fine in the moment. I'm going to live and I have to do what I have to do. But it would bother me. But if but... I had, like, just out of, like, jealous rage, like, someone said something to me or cut me off in traffic or a girlfriend or a, no. a parent or something like that, and you just, like, snap. Like, even that's if I, different. Like, and you kill them, like, 
I couldn't live with myself, but these motherfuckers live with themselves. That's different. That's different. But, you know, uh, I don't know if you watched this, but I definitely told you about it. So that Dirty John story. um, Yeah, I know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. With Tara Newell, where she had to, her mom's boyfriend essentially Mm -hmm. came at her and was going to attack her. And because of her love of The Walking Dead, she was prepared and her reflex was to stab him through the eye. And I, I love her so dearly for being strong enough to do that and i know it was like a reaction and no one wants to hurt anyone and that's certain you know but when it's you or someone else but the amount of shit she had to deal with after that to get right with herself i can't even imagine because she's been very vocal um i think she still follows the pod page actually um, and we've had a few interactions, and she is a lovely, sweet angel of of a person. And she's been very vocal about like the therapy she needs to do, um, and like her kind of self care journey to just like be okay. But at the end of the day, when you when you break it down or you take it down to the brass tacks, right? It was her or him. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. In those situations, I get that. Right. It would still be a traumatic experience. You almost got killed. I mean, she got hurt. That was the most like climactic ending to a story. And her dog, her dog yeah. was pre- that made me cry. Her <laughs> dog was in there, just like protecting her. And then he was that that picture where she was laying in the hospital bed after, and like the dog was like on the bed with her. So sweet. Um. And uh, may that motherfucker burn in hell. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of my, just... my final thought about that. But yeah, I understand. I definitely understand. But, you know, in a case like this, she just went, allegedly, because I have no proof, again, and she just did this for, for all the reasons we, we have discussed. And again, we don't know the extent of what went on in that house. Especially for the time, like it's not like today where there's social media and people are posting all the time about what goes on and, you know, whatever. We don't know the full story of what happened behind those walls. So it could have been a lot harder a life for her than we even know. It could have been something where she was protecting her sister. Yeah. It could have been she was abused by the stepmom. Like we don't, we don't know. I said this before, there's so many possibilities and way this ways this could have gone. So at the end of the day, she was she was fine and she could live with it. And she gave thirty thousand dollars to the animal shelter. So was she really that horrible a person? (laughs) (laughs) That's all you give her sure. You're like, well, the animals are free. She protected the pigeons. She gave the no, no, I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not for murdering people. We can't know why. Right. You're still, you're still, you need like more evidence. Totally understand that. Me personally, no. My my heavy, heavy theory is the, you know, she wanted the money. Uh, but yeah, that makes it, could sense. Totally, it could totally be those other things. I mean, it's 1890s. People are terrible always through all periods of time. It's true. But I feel like the farther away we get from, um, uh, the present the worse it gets and then people will still feel the same about now like you know we're in the cutting edge 2023 we think we're so but in 2190 
they'll look at us like we're stupid cavemen. You know, how are we doing what we're doing? How are we? Yeah. You know, whatever we're doing. No, I believe that. So I believe that. I I think it's a great chance. I mean, because there's those things like, why were they unmarried? It could have been a choice, but I even feel like then it wasn't like a feminist thing. Like women wanted to get married, wanted to have kids. So were they, was she actually gay? Was she just miserable? Was she abused? Because they're both were never married, never had kids. Well, maybe so, their dad was a real shithead and put them off men forever. Exactly. Maybe he was a monster, which is very likely. Yeah. He had kids way older. And, you know, there are monsters out there. And they always have been. It's not a new occurrence. And there always and- will be, unfortunately. <laughs> the <laughs> good night children good night there's um, monsters and they're never stopping they're never going <laughs> to stop coming to your house okay good night no i mean hopefully i mean i, I don't know i can't even get into like i don't want to have like an ex- existential crisis on my podcast that people yeah, no, can re- can replay for, for all minutes. time and we could talk for another 45 minutes about monsters. Yeah, and we can... I can't get into that. But you know what? You know what I will say in closing? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick her up for you. It's my cat's birthday today. <laughs> oh. It's Carmen's birthday. birthday. I'm showing she her has, to Lou. She She's, has no idea. She has no idea. She's six years old today. She hates being held. I'm surprised this is being allowed to go on for this long. Um, oh, there she goes. Okay. All right. Goodbye. It's been it's been fun. Um, so that's a light note. It's Carmen San Diego's sixth birthday. I've had her since she was about like eight weeks old. So I've had her oh, wow. her, her whole life. And she's evil, but she's lovely. I'm glad to share space with her. And I'm gonna give her extra treats because it's her birthday. So that's my little light. <laughs> you gotta end on a light note. I mean, my favorite meme. I'm not, I don't have animals or pets, but my favorite cat meme, which of course is sent to you because it's very apropos, of, appropriate of everything you've ever gone with them. You're like, here's my cat. You bring the cat to the vet. It's my little buddy. And he's kind of cool and weird. And the vet's like, yeah, if you don't give us $5,000, this cat's going to literally explode in 10 seconds. Yeah, like, that's basically pretty much, how it works. That's, that's pretty much how it works. That's pretty much how cats are. Because, you know, like, you're like, she doesn't like to be held. Yeah, because cats just hate you forever. That's, I think that's, someone said that to me the other day. Um, they don't care. He was like, he was like, I think cats are assholes. And I was like, yeah, they are. That's why I like them so much. You really feel like when a cat likes you, you've earned something. You've accomplished something. Because some of them are stupid and like everyone. And I, so I love those. But some of them, like Carmen, she's like, she is like an evil genius. And she doesn't, she's very clear about what she doesn't like. And she's very clear about things she does like, but then also on a dime, she will not like the thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's not, see, exactly. (laughs) Those are the, that is the, like, personality traits of a a lunatic. I know, I love that. She loves that that until she doesn't, and then she scratches your eyeball. Like, you love, like, it's all, cats and humans, like, this fictional you know, relationship where it's like, I love my cat, scrambles, and he loves me. It's like, as soon as you die, he's going to eat your face. I They're would let find her. I'm okay with it. Your 
skeleton. Yeah, I, I know you're cool with it. I'm okay with yeah, it. But that's what it is. Like a dog would like somehow dial 911. No, so you know the, what's interesting? Get the mailman. So I think the we've talked about eating you. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. Um, how we both love Ask a Mortician. And that's a YouTube channel with Caitlin Doty. She writes books. She's lovely. Um, and I don't know if it was in a video or, or something she said, but something about like, will my cat eat my eyeballs after I die? And she's like, yeah, yeah, they will. And I don't know if she said it exactly, but a dog will too. But it will take oh, them. Yeah. It will take them longer. Like cats will just like they don't. They're like, oh, you're gone. Okay, well, I'm hungry. So, and you know, I cats, cats are garbage. Like you're you're dying, and the cat's like, you're not getting up. No, I'm okay with it. I'm totally good with it. I want her to be happy and healthy, and um, <laughs> get the beta carotene right back out of your eyeballs. Yeah, and she can eat whatever she wants off my face when I'm dead. I don't care about it one bit doesn't bother me um so we made it light and then we took it dark again so i feel there like this is a good place to stop except i'm gonna repeat that it's carmen's sixth birthday i'm petting her right now you're welcome everyone i will post a picture of her on the true crime time instagram um for your viewing pleasure and that's basically it anything else no, that was, it. That, was a, that was a great episode. I right. I noticed you you milked your one drink. I had like five. So I'm yeah. Good. Do you know how much this this was like a half a bottle in a cup? That's too much. <laughs> also, am I really old that I'm like drinking like Bailey's? Like that's my drink. That's gross. I mean, gross. You're not, you're not really old, but like you know, get some vodka or something. In the I'm an old like, spinster. Like Lizzie don't ask me. Don't ask me. I'm definitely not the right person. Like should I be drinking more? My answer is always yeah. Well, I, I wasn't saying more. I was saying just the choice of drink. Is that a weird yeah, drink? Just, oh, yeah, okay, not more, but like 12 ounces of like gasoline. Sure, just who cares? The world oh. Yeah, so I guess let me know that with all your other questions, comments, complaints. Is, <laughs> is, it, is it weird of me to be drinking Baileys? As a 35-year-old, does that age me? Am I like in my 50s, 60s, or 70s? Maybe. Let us know. Um, Should we also do a drunk once a month or once every three months true crime time episode? But like really, like Like, really unhinged. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll record the video for evidence. I will beer. I'll have beer. I got bourbon. We'll go hard. I wonder. I wonder. What do you think, Lou? I'm going to ask you on here, but then we can ask in private. Do you think it would be fun? to do one with you myself and kevin who was on the chris benoit episode by zoom or do you think that's too much chaos i mean look i definitely think that would be fun <laughs> but i definitely think if we do a drinking one yeah are you saying a drink yeah. yeah it'll it'll just be one of the three of us probably <laughs> me or him just taking over and becoming a piece of shit like i mean again it's your true crime, the thing about it is we definitely make jokes and all that stuff, but it's pretty respectful to the dead for the most part. I mean, who you know, Lizzie Borden, who gives a shit about her, but the dead <gasps> people, you know, whatever. Stop it. Um, yes. But but if we plan on doing an actual, like, drunk episode, of course the topic would be lighter. Yes. But it would I definitely be lighter. And it should be almost, almost entirely, and listeners are going to be your 
your guide here. Let them let you know what they want to hear. If they want to hear it, my God, it, you it should be like, hey, today we're talking about and pick a thing, whatever the topic true crime is. Give us a little bit. I just need a little bit of information. My imagination will. I will speculate wildly. I, I think it would be more of a general topic versus like a case. Yeah. Okay. That more makes of more, a, sense. more yeah. of a general topic with some parameters but yeah not to bore you guys we're not trying to hash it out in front of you just curious but i think that could be interesting three people three people one pod let's let's say it'll be a power hour with substance because we we like i mean we can't go that hard but actually you know what okay i'll go that hard so we just call it tct does power hour that sounds like a night that sounds like a nightmare you guys will explain power hour another time that is uh that is <laughs> something else and maybe just, you guys maybe oh, you guys could play along it's a drinking game it <laughs> gets weird um but yeah so that's a story for next time but for now this has been true crime time where it's always time for true crime thank you for listening see you next episode or like i said come find us instagram facebook true crime time please also rate review subscribe And that's it. See you next time. Bye.